This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Monroe. Welcome back, Brojo Online podcast, and today we are going to be talking about anxiety. The most fun of all the emotions, the one that everybody loves experiencing the most. Am I right? Okay, maybe not. This one actually comes, we had a brojo session last night about being emotionally shameless, and we ended up having a fairly in-depth discussion about anxiety. And I want to plant the seed right away. I want you to start thinking about why you believe, as you probably do, that it's wrong to be anxious, that anxiety is some symptom of some problem that needs to be fixed. And that to experience anxiety as some form of failure and to be free from anxiety as some form of success. I want you to start thinking about why you believe that, if you do. Most people I've met seem to believe that. Very few people I've met say, you know what, anxiety is a very important, helpful emotion to have. I never fight against it. Very few people say that. But I'm one of those people now. You know, I wasn't for most of my life. For most of my life I considered anxiety to be a form of suffering and suffer I did I I experienced chronic anxiety from a very young age and it was affecting all areas of my life and it, it happened so chronically that I didn't actually realize I was anxious it wasn't until many years later in my life where the anxiety went away that I realized it even existed I had always thought being a bit worried hypersensitive sick, tired, having a buzzing feeling in my stomach. This was my baseline. I thought that was normal. It was only once I started really getting into self-development and building my courage and other things that that feeling started to go away. And I realized, holy shit, there's actually a state of being that doesn't include that chronically anxious sensation. So I, I feel I truly understand the suffering of chronic anxiety. And the just the weight of bearing it. And yet, even after two plus decades of experiencing anxiety on a chronic level before it was resolved, I still believe it's a good thing to be anxious. And I, this podcast, we're going to be talking about why. Why I believe that. But I want to have a look at your beliefs first. I want to have a look at your emotional shame. Now, to recap, when I use the word shame, my definition of that is when you attach the concept of wrong or bad to something which is true about you. So shame is when you attach the concept of wrong or bad to something which is true about you. So if you have anxiety, if that's true about you, and you think it's wrong to be anxious, you've attached shame to anxiety. You know, if you're feeling nervous and you think, I shouldn't be nervous right now, you're attaching shame to anxiety. So I want you to start to think about where this began. Now, a lot of people believe, and it came up last night in the Brojo session, they believe that they think of anxiety as being wrong or bad because it's unpleasant in the way it feels. And we'll talk about the symptoms in a moment. But a lot of people, they, they seem to believe that the reason anxiety is bad is because it feels yuck. It's a, it's a feeling that they would compare as being worse 
than other emotional sensations, say like calmness or happiness. But I'm going to challenge that today. I don't think that's why you have a problem with anxiety. And I want to start by having a look at when you experience other unpleasant sensations and you don't consider it to be wrong or bad. And you don't shy away from it. My favorite example is the feeling of muscle burn you get when you're at the gym or doing some other form of strenuous exercise. So you've got that weight above your head, the lactic acid is building up in your muscles, and it hurts like a motherfucker. But you don't go, well, I'm not going to the gym again. For many of us, you actually embrace that feeling, don't you? You know, That feeling is proof that I am growing. That feeling is proof that I am pushing past my comfort zone limits. It's kind of a good kind of hurt, isn't it? It's a hurt that you embrace on a regular occasion throughout the week. You actually look forward to it. And yet, if you were to walk down the street and suddenly get that lactic acid burn, you'd be terrified. You'd think you need to go to hospital. It wouldn't make sense to you. That same exact feeling that you get when you're lifting that last set, you know, you'd think was terrible if it happened to you outside of the gym or the exercise context. Now, that feeling is really unpleasant in and of itself. And yet, you've got no problem with it. You don't shame that feeling. Think about other times where you experience something unpleasant, but you don't think of it as bad or wrong. Like being sad at a funeral. It's unpleasant to feel sadness to some extent in terms of the physical sensations and the mental thoughts associated with sadness. We wouldn't say, yay, I hope I'm sad all the time. But in the right context, at least in your own subjective perspective... You'd think, well, if I'm at a funeral for my best friend, it'd be weird not to be sad. I'd think it was wrong not to be sad. I feel appropriate being sad in that moment, and while it's not pleasant, I welcome it. It's a grieving feeling, it's a tragedy, it's a reflective feeling. It allows me to really connect with the person who's passed on and move my way through the grief process. And it shows me that that person meant something to me and that I had a real connection in my life. So your argument that anxiety is bad because it feels bad, you will be able to find exceptions that show you that something feeling unpleasant does not mean it's wrong. And that so often, you can feel something that's unpleasant to feel, and yet that's entirely the most appropriate way to be feeling in your mind uh, for that situation. So I want you to just digest that for a second. Your problem with anxiety it's got nothing to do with how it feels. If that was true, then anything that felt unpleasant, you would have a problem with. But you know that's not true. So if it's not about how it feels, what is it about? Why do we have a problem with anxiety? Why is it that as soon as someone's a little bit nervous or anxious, we label it as a fucking mental disorder and start medicating it? Why is it that we look at an emotional sensation that everybody except for full-blown pure psychopaths feels. Think about it. Who out there doesn't experience anxiety? Now, actually, this isn't a, just a hypothetical question because when I work with clients, of all the emotional states, the one that makes them feel the most alone is anxiety. And not alone as in the feeling makes them feel disconnected from others, but the idea that they're the only one who feels this way. 
so often when somebody talks about being angry or sad or whatever, they're happy to talk about that in the sense that they know other humans regularly experience these emotions too. There's much less shame attached to those emotions, though there's still plenty. But when it comes to anxiety, time and time again, what I hear from my clients is this concept of, it's just me that feels this way. Now this is interesting, I was thinking about this today, if I look at a movie or, say, let's say we'll take a real popular program like Friends, right, a TV program, you'll regularly see a lot of emotions being expressed, but very rarely will you see anxiety being expressed. Think about it. Now I think this is my just my personal experience, but just think about it. How often do movies show you someone being really nervous and anxious? It just doesn't really happen, does it? It's, it certainly doesn't happen in a positive light. Yet you'll see them having anger uh, tantrums, you'll see them having sadness and grief, confusion, uh, fear, but not quite anxiety. You know, that sitting there feeling sick, worrying, you know, they don't really show that one very much, and they certainly don't show it in a good light. So, I want you to start thinking about the idea that one of the reasons you have a problem with anxiety is because you've managed to convince yourself that it is somehow rare to experience it, that experience it putting, experiencing it puts you in the out-group. Do you believe that? Do you think that when you're feeling nervous and anxious, that it's wrong to feel that way because others are not feeling that way in the same situation? You know, when you get stage fright before speaking, does one of the voices in your head talk about how other people are confident doing it? Do you get that message from yourself that says, you're the only one? Mark Manson's new book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, he talks about this idea of entitlement where entitlement can either make you a spoiled brat, but it can also go in the other way, in which it makes you feel like your problems are unique to you, like nobody else experiences them. Isn't that fascinating? So when you think of yourself as, you know, I'm the only one who feels anxious, there's a good chance that you're kind of being driven by entitlement. Like, I'm special for being anxious. I'm the standout person. And I've got a news flash for you, and it might be hard for some of you to believe. But unless you're highly psychopathic, or you make strenuous efforts to avoid any form of discomfort, i.e. you stay in your comfort zone and don't change or grow, if you're not one of those two people, then odds are you regularly, maybe not frequently, but regularly experience forms of anxiety. Anybody who's involved in any form of active growth, whether it be mental physical, challenging situations like competitions, etc., anxiety appears. Now, because we're so well-trained in hiding anxiety, because we're so ashamed of it, you don't see it. You see the person get up on stage and you think, God, they look so confident, I could never be that confident. And it never occurs to you that that person is absolutely shitting their pants, because they hide it so well. People don't hide anger and sadness and other emotions as well as they hide anxiety. We are masters of masking anxiety. And because of this, we get the impression when we feel it that nobody else feels it too. Because nobody else seems to look like they're feeling it. Nobody's talking about it. 
You don't hear the people walk around going, fuck, I woke up anxious this morning. I do every Monday. I get this kind of panic attack almost thing on the way to work. This person like, oh, I haven't been able to sleep for days. My thoughts are racing. I just can't fucking turn them off. People don't talk about this very much. People don't say, hey, I'd like to talk to you, but I've been feeling nervous about it all day. They don't say it, and so we start to believe that it doesn't exist. But I'm telling you, it does. All those so-called confident people you see mincing around, looking like they don't have a problem, they are lying. They're lying to you. I used to be a masterful liar. My friends and family from my childhood will tell you that I was a confident, happy-go-lucky kid, but I wasn't. I was anxious most of the time. I just learned how to hide it. I learned how to subdue the shaking in my hands. I learned how to project my voice over the shakiness or not speak when it was too much. I learned to hide it. And you've probably learned to hide it too, and the people you're surrounded by hide it. So... I want you to look back. When did you learn it was wrong to be anxious? Was it simply because nobody else appeared to have it? Or were you directly influenced away from it? Were people telling you to stop being nervous or things like that? Were people directly trying to influence you away from it? Were people telling you it's bad? Were people telling you you need to be calm? Any of that kind of information can be really detrimental to your ability to be okay with anxiety. So all of this is simply to set the scene for us to start by looking at anxiety with a clean slate. Let's imagine you have no preconceptions about anxiety. Anxiety is a new thing to you. You have no concept of good or bad, right or wrong attached to it. And we're just going to look at it fresh from the beginning to see what it's all about. Because I believe that once you remove the shame attached to anxiety, it actually becomes a very helpful emotional state in the right context. Let's have a look at it. Let's imagine no one's ever convinced you that anxiety was wrong or bad. What is it? Let's start with that. What is anxiety? What does it feel like? How do you know that it's occurring? I want you to think about your own anxiety symptoms. I want you to take yourself back to the last time you experienced what you consider to be anxiety. You might call it nervousness or worry. There's other names for it. But that feeling... Ask yourself, what is that? I'll talk about some common symptoms that I experience or see in others or have researched about. But I want you to think about your own personal experience of anxiety. For me, it's essentially a mixture of excitement and nausea. That that would be how I generalize it. So in terms of physical sensations, I'll notice that my testicles might shrink up into my body. I'll get sick feeling in my digestive system, uh, which for those of you who are interested, it's because often when you're afraid, your fight or flight response shuts shuts down non-essential systems, and that's what that sick feeling comes from. So digestive systems shutting down, it gives me a sick, nauseous feeling. I might get shakiness and trembliness, so perhaps for me, my knee starts to go, especially in high anxiety situations, I get a shaky knee. And my hands can be a little bit shaky as well. Uh, My voice might start cracking in the worst cases. And there'll be a tightness in my chest, increased heart rate, sweaty palms. These are the, the kind of symptoms I commonly experience in terms of physical. And then there will be uh, thought-based symptoms as well. So I might have uh 
kind of predicting thoughts about the future that might be looking at different scenarios and kind of really obsessed with them. I might have racing thoughts that relate to self-doubt in some way, that I'm not good enough type of thoughts. Or I might simply just be really hypersensitive in general. In fact, this is a common one for me. So I'm really aware of what's going on. Uh, interestingly, anxiety is often quite a present state for me. At least it is now. Chronic anxiety is a little bit different. It's more of a build-up of anxiety. But, you know, in the moment anxiety, usually I'm very, very fucking aware of being alive. And, like, every sight, taste, sound becomes heightened, you know, for me. So just take a moment to think about what your symptoms of anxiety are. And in particular, just look at those symptoms and ask yourself, for any one of them, if isolated by itself, is any one of them actually seriously threatening? Is it really that bad to feel anxious? Now, I have no doubt that it's unpleasant for you. Um, I mean, I've gone to a stage now where I kind of enjoy the sensation of anxiety. I really do feel that all shame has been removed from that for me. I really do not see anxiety as bad. I feel no desire to hide it anymore. Um, I had a situation, I won't go into details, but I had a situation earlier this year where I took a massive risk with something, with another person. And <laughs> with this other person, I, it was the most anxious I've been in a very long time. Because I deal with anxiety so, I guess, effectively now, it's rare for me to experience it. But this time it was full on. My heart was thumping in my chest. I was just literally dripping with sweat. I've, I've never actually had this effect before where the sweat was running down my face, actually dripping down my face. Um, it was hard for me to even hear myself speak because of how loud my, my heartbeat was. My hands were really shaky. And I was just like super jittery. So I'm looking around the room the whole time. I can barely stay focused on one particular thing at a time. You know, it was it was quite an extreme state, but I, th I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It was the kind of same kind of thrill I get on a roller coaster um, with some slightly different symptoms. But I couldn't, have, I couldn't have been more alive. I was so connected to the present moment through that just extreme emotional and physical sensational experience. But yeah, so take a moment to, to think about what anxiety is for you, what it feels like for you. And I want you to think about the kind of situations it comes up. Now, for those of you who experience chronic anxiety, this might be a little difficult to understand. Because I, I want to just make a point about chronic anxiety. I fully believe that chronic long-term anxiety does not come from just being anxious it comes from trying to stop yourself from being anxious it's like how depression can come from trying to suppress anger or sadness it's this idea that when you try to suppress emotion when you think it's wrong or bad and so you try to hide it and minimize it you fight against it you see there's a problem that needs to be fixed that is what i believe causes an emotion to become chronic and when it becomes chronic like what we were talking about last night is emotions don't have a very long shelf life. Right? They're there to be used in the moment. If you try to store them, they rot and they get toxic. They don't last very long and they quickly morph into something else. So if you use anxiety in the moment, it becomes this kind of energy burst of excitement almost. If you use sadness in the moment, you can grieve and connect and show empathy. If you use anger in the moment, you can be assertive and courageous and passionate. 
But if you hold on to that shit, if you put it on the shelf inside you, it rots almost immediately. So what the exciting sort of energetic version of anxiety just becomes a low buzzing sick feeling when you leave it on the couch. You know, anger just becomes this kind of suppressed rage. This toxic, hateful thing. Same with disgust. If you hold disgust in for too long, it can easily turn into hatred. And sadness can turn into apathy or, or depression. You know, if these things are supposed to be expressed right away, if you know how to express them in a healthy way. Um, and so I really want to, to signal, if you think of anxiety as that chronic stuff, I believe what you're looking at is rotten anxiety. Anxiety that you have not expressed and used and been shameless about. It's very unlikely that you've been unapologetic about your anxiety. There are some people who express anxiety regularly, but they're still ashamed of it. They talk about it like there's something wrong with them, like they have a problem. They may even call themselves as diagnosed with something. I have social anxiety disorder, for example. And I think it's that word disorder that really makes it the problem in the first place. You know, you can experience anxiety without it being wrong. And that's what I'm looking at today. So looking at all these symptoms, I want you to think about when does it spike? When does anxiety really come up for you? What situations are you in when anxiety spikes? And let's have another, again, with a fresh slate, let's have another look at those situations. Because so often people, because their perception of anxiety is that it's wrong, then they'll perceive the situations that anxiety arises as also being somehow wrong or bad. So, for example, if I get anxious at a party because I have social anxiety, then I'll see socializing as a dangerous or harmful event. I'll see it as something to be avoided. I'll see it as something that causes me pain, something that is dangerous. But if I hadn't originally decided that anxiety was wrong or bad, then I probably wouldn't attach that label to the party either. So I want you to think about those situations that come up with a fresh slate. Like for me, I had a lot of social anxiety. I'd say if you'd taken me to a psychologist, I would have been diagnosed with social anxiety disorder, probably. If I'd been honest with them. So it came up for me in socializing. It came up for me when I was around people that were new, or should I say at least unfamiliar. People I was attracted to. People who I saw as high status or as being someone who could contribute to my life in a beneficial way. It came to me in situations that were new. So often it came to me if I just started a new dance class, for example. It would come to me then. If I was getting up on stage for the first time or second time, it would come to me then. Public speaking, it would occur then. Taking a risk with something, it would occur then. So if we look at these kinds of things, I want you to think about the ones where it comes up for you. I want you to have a look and ask yourself... If they weren't bad situations, what else were they? When I look at socializing, and I look at new activities, and I look at taking risks, and I look at pushing my comfort zone, these all have one thing in common, and that is they are important for my growth. Now I want you to really stop and just register there. Those things that trigger your anxiety are also things that if you engaged in them, you would grow. Notice that. Notice that connection. Anxiety shows up when you have an opportunity to grow. Doesn't it? 
Now, as opposed to being afraid for your physical safety, so you might say have anxiety when you're walking through a dark park late at night. And I want to separate and compartmentalize those experiences as more fear. This is your fear kicking in, going, hey, you're at risk. There is a physical threat to your existence right now. So there's those situations, you know, you're stuck in a dangerous place, you're going into something new that has physical threats and hazards. I want you to separate those aside. Those are not the same as meeting new people, public speaking, trying a new dance class, starting your own business. None of those things have a empirical supported evidence base around threat to your safety. Starting a new business isn't going to kill you, right? Meeting a new person isn't going to kill you. Running through Central Park late at night with no lights as a young woman by yourself, yeah, that's risky, right? So there's a big difference. I don't want you to think of anxiety as always being there is a physical threat to my safety because that's only a small segment of fear. The rest of it, I really want you to look at it, only comes up with the uncomfortable and unfamiliar, aka opportunities for growth. So imagine, if you can, hypothetically, if you avoided any situation that made you anxious, how would it be possible to grow? How could you adapt, evolve, or develop if you avoided all situations that are a catalyst for anxiety? Just imagine, just for a second, if anxiety is the doorway to opportunity. That you go through anxiety to become a better person. And that that is is the only way to become a better person. The only way to improve yourself is to transition through the test and the challenge that is provided by anxiety. So setting aside the idea that there is a perceived threat, that you're actually at risk in terms of physical, measurable damage to your health. Anxiety is all about opportunity. I want you to think about situations that do not make you anxious. When we talked about this in Brojo last night, we found that there was two. One is situations you don't care about. Situations you don't care about don't make you anxious. So, for example, I might get anxious going on stage talking about something that I really want to talk about, like if this was a TED talk, for example, and I really wanted to get on board. That would be important to me and I'd get anxious. But if I was just going to go talk and there was nobody in the room and nobody was going to listen to me and I was just doing it for no reason, I wouldn't feel anxiety. So in those kind of situations, anxiety actually tells me what's important and what's not. Now, the second case is actually something I'm well-trained in. Anxiety will not appear if I'm well-trained and well-experienced and have been exposed to. So I might get on stage like I do for my job. I'll get on stage and I no longer feel any major anxiety, but it's just because I've been exposed to a lot. I'm well-trained. I might feel anxiety when I walk into, let's say if we go back to the threatening situation, if I walk into a bar full of dangerous characters... I might feel anxiety, but if I was a black belt in several martial arts, I wouldn't because of the training and the conditioning. So anxiety kind of tells you what's important. If I'm going on a date with someone and I feel no anxiety whatsoever, it's either because I go on 100 dates a week 
or it's because this person's not important to me and my lack of anxiety is actually a warning that I shouldn't be going on this date. I'm not excited or thrilled to see this person. Whereas if I feel anxious before a date, if I'm nervous about going out to dinner with this person, that might be telling me that this is a person that I'm actually interested in. It's telling me this person is important to me. Now that's helpful information. It doesn't mean that I should be putting this person in a place of importance. It's just telling me that I have for further investigation. So if you're not anxious, it means you do not perceive a threat, which could mean you're being naive. Like if you're running through the park thinking no one's going to touch you, that could just be naivete. If you're not anxious, it could mean that you don't have any importance attached to the situation. So you have to ask yourself, why is it not important to me? Why am I still doing it if it's not important to me? Or you're very well trained, so it is important to you, but you've been exposed to this situation many times. You're conditioned and confident in the situation. So again, I want you guys to just come back to that concept. That fight or flight type anxiety response, it's a doorway to an opportunity. If you go through that doorway, you are going to grow, either in wisdom or skill or experience or values or understanding. Something's going to grow if you step into that anxiety. That anxiety is there to provide you with everything you need to take that opportunity. If I go into a big job interview and I'm not anxious, I might come across as bored or disinterested. It will actually reduce my opportunity there. If I go anxious, I'm hypervigilant. I'm like, look, I'm here to fucking perform. But I'm not ashamed of the anxiety. If I actually say to them, look, I want this job so bad that I'm actually pretty nervous right now. You can see the sweat on my palms. Like, this is important to me. If I actually say that to them, I've definitely increased my chances of getting the job, believe it or not. And I have tested this theory, by the way. Anxiety is giving me everything I need. It's giving me the energy I need to participate fully in this opportunity whilst being vigilant to risk. That physical sensation that you attach with anxiety, it's both energy and vigilance, isn't it? You're in a new situation, you don't know what the fuck the risks are, you don't know what's going to happen, so you've got that hypersensitivity, hyper-awareness to protect you, and you've got the rush of energy to your, your brain and your muscles. You're ready to fully get involved in this thing and make the most of this growth opportunity, right? Fight or flight response. It's so funny, we think of it as meaning stop or run away. But what if it means act? What if it's like, here's some energy. This is what you've been saving your adrenaline for. Here's all the power you need to make the most of this. Imagine if that thing that we call anxiety is actually a power boost for growth. What if we've been looking at wrong this whole time? We've been seeing it as a problem because it's unpleasant. For any of you who have taken drugs, it is unpleasant to take a stimulant and then sit still, isn't it? If any of you have tried speed or ecstasy or anything like that and then been forced to do nothing, it's very uncomfortable. But you go and burn that energy and it feels great. And I've found the same thing occurs for me now with anxiety. If I use anxiety like a wave of power and I just let it take me into action, there's no chronic anxiety afterwards. In fact, what I often get is a double reward. I get the opportunity and the growth that comes from that opportunity. And then afterwards, I get a big dose of guilt-free relief. I've earned that relief. You can't have 
a massive dose of relief without something very uncomfortable occurring before it. One of the guys in Brojo, last night he talked about how he was feeling really nervous about going up to a girl he saw at the nightclub he was at. And then he was like, fuck it, I cannot go home with this nervous feeling just like preying on me the whole time. He he could see intuitively that that nervous feeling didn't have a good shelf life, that it would rot and become toxic if he didn't use it. So he went up to her and he said hi and he talked to her, you know, just as a genuine person. He said, I'm interested in you. You know, I can, he's kind of aware that the nervousness meant that she's interesting or important to him. And when Express that, and it went however it went, and when he walked away, he just felt this massive, like, surge of relief, like, oh, thank God I did that, you know? And you can only get that fantastic feeling when you've earned it. And you earn it by acting on anxiety. So to summarize, a new way that you can look at anxiety is that it's awesome. It's a call to action. It's telling you that something important's come up, an opportunity for you to act on. Okay, on some occasions it's telling you there's a threat in the situation, but those are rare. It's telling you that what you're looking at and what you're considering is important to you. That doesn't mean it should be important to you, but it's telling you that you do perceive it as important. It's giving you that information, very helpful information. It's either telling you you need to act on this because it's really important to your values, or it's telling you you need to reassess why you've made this so important, because it's not. It's giving you all the energy you need to deal with this situation. It's giving you the energy to act, to take the opportunity to make the most of it. And it's giving you the vigilance to be careful in an unfamiliar situation. It's giving you all the kind of security you need to get through a new situation where you're going to have to adapt and evolve when you don't yet have the tools and the preparation and the experience for that situation. But overall, what I'd like to summarize is just imagine if no one had ever convinced you that it was wrong to be anxious and that actually a fulfilling life is in part deeply served through anxiety. That without anxiety, all you can have is a mediocre, mundane life. Which, as we can see with most people, still leads to chronic anxiety. So just imagine for a second if anxiety wasn't wrong, and how different your life would be with that belief. I'll see you next time.